1: Well, as you know, on the We Get Real AF podcast, we
0: like to keep it real, (laughs) and we like to talk about what life is like out there in the trenches when you are looking for a job, when you're early in your career, throughout your profession. Today, my daughter, Kayla Robinson, is joining us on the podcast to talk a little bit about her recent experience as a job hunter coming right out of college, what were the highs and lows, what she learned along the way, and we're gonna have Elisa sort of give her input into all that as well. So welcome to Elisa and Kayla Robinson.
2: Welcome ladies.
1: Hello, happy to be here. Likewise.
0: So Kayla, just to kick it off, um, tell everybody kind of you know where you went to school, what your major was and what kind of work you were looking for uh, back in May when you graduated.
3: Yeah, so um, I graduated from UNC Chapel Hill this past May. I studied. I double majored in philosophy and public policy, and then minored in PPE, which is uh, philosophy, politics, and economics. So, kind of philosophy overkill, but um, I really loved that as an undergrad. Um, and applying in terms of looking for work after school, um, I did consider grad school briefly, but decided to um, hold off on that for a couple years and get some, you know, real world work experience. Um and I was applying to kind of a a, a variety of positions. I was applying to um, you know assistance, administrative assistance, legal assistance, in law offices, um, public policy research, analyst positions, um, you know, any kind of government non-government organization, research roles. Um, just kind of a, you know, a a variety of roles, but kind of with a focus on policy research, um, writing, you know, working somehow in the legal uh, professional world um, with, you know, a a thought that I might uh, pursue a legal profession going to law school down the line. So I applied to, um, those were kind of my main fields, but then there were also some curveballs, obviously, of like, oh, apply for this fashion company or um, just, you know, random fun things along the way. But um, yeah, I think that's a good overview.
0: So I guess my question for you then, you know, you and I have talked over the months, we all hear about what a great job market it is, right? And how many openings there are and how companies are just really having a hard time finding workers, but it didn't happen overnight for you. It didn't happen overnight for a lot of your friends. And I think it's really important. Again, we keep it real on the show to talk about, were you surprised by that? What was your experience like and that of your friends as well?
3: Yeah, I, I think I was surprised by how lengthy the process is of um, applying for all these jobs. Sometimes you don't hear back about a potential interview until weeks or a month after you submit your application. And then, you know, depending on the, company, it could be three or four rounds of interviews. So it just, it takes a long time um, to actually, you know, have that job offer in your hand. And then, you know, there's negotiations or whatever after you celebrate. But um, so I was surprised um, by how long it takes. Uh, And I would say most of my friends um, in undergrad I mean, some started applying for jobs in December, and I think that was the way to go. They were the ones that had the, um, you know, their job lined up before anyone else did. Um, But I would say on average, it takes, you know, four to six months uh, for me and all my friends to, yeah, actually have that offer in hand and know that you want to accept it. I would recommend definitely, you know, to any undergrad to, Try to start applying to December, January, depending on your field of interest.
2: I was that was going to be one of my main questions to you was you know would you offer any advice and if so what would you give what advice would you give to someone who is um, in your shoes or is in your shoes right now um, and and that makes complete sense just because you're ahead of the curve if it takes that four to six months you're already ahead of the game in that you know, just getting your feet under you, right? We've talked about preparing to to actually apply, you know, getting your resume ready, having your LinkedIn profile up to par, all the things, and then actually searching for things that you'd be interested in doing, and then just starting to apply and apply more and apply some more after that, because you don't know when you'll hear back from someone. Can you talk to us, Kayla, about roughly how many jobs did you apply to? You know, before you started actually getting responses and potentially how many interviews you received out of however X amount of jobs you did apply to?
0: I I think I applied to
3: maybe a hundred jobs on different platforms. So using LinkedIn, Handshake, which is a UNC career services platform, kind of similar to LinkedIn. I think a lot of universities use something like that. And some what percentage would I say? Maybe 50%. I never heard anything from 30% would be a rejection and or immediate after, you know, submitting my resume. So no interview or anything like that. Um, and sometimes that email wouldn't, I mean, I'm still getting them like after, like, you know, six months later when I'm already have a job, thank goodness.
2: But, yeah.
3: Um, yeah. So it takes some, you know, some, I I bet maybe they didn't even view my application and they just, you know, took them a while to send out the mass email of, thank you for applying. We'll keep your resume on, in our system for however many days or whatever. But, um, and then I would say the remaining 20% I heard back from either interviews or um, creating, doing like a little sample project for them, phone calls, things like that.
1: I have a couple of follow-up questions to that. Uh, You had mentioned, um, I want to dive deeper into the The assessment or the assignment that you were asked to do and at what point were you asked to do that where did they engage you and say before there's any conversations you need to complete this and and what did that look like and and how much of how much time did it take for you to complete something like that because this is a company now asking for your time to provide your ideas so I'm just curious a little bit about that
3: yeah so um I have been asked several times throughout undergrad to uh, complete like little sample pilot projects for companies. Um, in the past, it usually happens after a phone interview. So a 10 minute phone call and then they say, okay, the next step is for you to complete this writing assignment for us. But yeah, they wanted a new one, not in a, you know, something that I had produced as an undergraduate. And I'd say for that, I probably spent not more than two hours on it. Um, I know it's it can sometimes be a bit of a red flag when they ask you to, you know, complete a project right off the back um, because, you know, you're then giving them your labor and your time and you're not getting paid for it or necessarily even the promise of eventually being paid for your time. So I know you have to be cautious. They hold all the cards sometimes. So it's just you got to do what you got to do and kind of roll with what they ask
2: of you. That's what it feels like. You know, we've talked about that and it's like at what point... At which point is it them taking advantage of that, you know, that playing field, right? Like them having that upper hand and knowing that you feel that they have the upper hand. So Elisa, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that one because I know you've got them.
1: I think that it's important to be mindful as to how much time, you know, if a company is saying you've got either, you know, they're giving you this really intense project that they want you to complete, that's going to take a week of your time and that's eight hours each day, you've, you've just given them a week's worth of full-time employment, that is a red flag. And that is, I think, something as you continue in your career to be mindful of when you're putting together a project that um, you're sitting on ideas that potentially, you also wanna keep those close to the chest, especially if, if you have an idea that you wanna run with um, in more of a freelance capacity that you want to be the thought leader behind um, being careful with with the, the information and the projects that you put out there. Um, on the other hand, working on roles that require an assessment, if if the technical skill that is a non-negotiable is that we need somebody who's going to write, we do have to assess that somehow. You can You can sit here and tell me, oh, I've written this and I've written that and I've written this. But to really be able to assess what that looks like, a company does need to be able to do that. But I do think, That there's a difference between asking somebody to come up with all of these different ideas versus here is here is an assessment right based off of these. Just be mindful of the time that you're putting into it, um, that they're asking you to put into it, because a lot of companies um, and some of the big tech companies have been there have been laws put in place because people were were basically giving ideas and working for free. So just. That's, that's my thought on that. The other thing is, you know, after a while, um, when you're applying for 100 plus jobs, and hearing from them and and having to do assessments for all of these different positions, um, how you can scale that to make that as kind of robust, but actually, that's something that you can use across the board, if if, if it can be, so that again, you're not, you're not giving away free ideas, it's just something to be mindful about. And that goes for anybody who's looking for a job. Yes, technical skills have to be assessed and there's a way to do that. Uh, But the candidate also has the right to question or push back and and ultimately decide if that's something that they feel comfortable doing.
0: Lisa, would you say that
1: the process that Kayla went
0: through as she's described it, is that pretty typical for what you're seeing out there with recent college grads in terms of how much time it takes, how many resumes went out, how many of those actually turned into continued conversations um is her experience
1: pretty typical? Yeah, unfortunately. And I think, you know, when you go about it in the the very traditional job market where you're applying to platforms you mentioned Handshake, LinkedIn, indeed, wherever you're submitting um yeah it it's a timely process and um i think that's where building that network and building your um your your network and rolodex of contacts that can help float a resume here send it you know make an introduction i'm also seeing which i am both from a uh, from being a candidate myself as as well as being a recruiter is that i'm seeing that interview processes are taking a lot longer than they need to. Um, Statistically, a candidate can get through an interview process in three, maybe four rounds of interviews, meeting with four to six people max. But we are seeing these really intense uh, interview processes, especially somebody junior coming right out of college. Kayla, how many people have you met with in your interview process? What was the longest interview process you had? Um, And how long did that take? I'd be curious from your perspective.
3: Um, I think the longest one, there were four rounds of interviews. I made it through three rounds and it was two to three um, interviewers per interview. So that's, yeah, six, eight people. Yeah.
1: That's an entry level coming out of college position. And why, why do that, why does that many people have to assess somebody? I think, you know i think that we are also having these conversations where what makes sense from an interview perspective how many people need to be involved in that interview process and are we really bringing in the right people to to conduct the interviews um and that's something to be mindful of because that's also time that you're you are putting towards an interview process and if that's that's just one job that's I, i'm I'm not the best with math, but that is that is several hours of your time. It doesn't necessarily need to be that long. But I do think that if if you are having those conversations early on, um, it's important to know what you're going to get yourself into. So as somebody at in that initial conversation, what does this process look like going forward? How many potential rounds of interviews can I expect? Um, you also have that information and that that data to collect. to to determine if it's something you want to move forward with based on the interview process. It's really a
0: stamina game. And what I'm hearing is that even though the job market is ripe for the picking, supposedly, it's still going to take a lot of stamina, a lot of interviews, a lot of rejection to get through and to get to the position that you ultimately are excited to take, which Kayla, you did. You ended up getting a great offer with a great company and you're enjoying yourself. What tips would you give to somebody else that maybe you, you learned along the way, like you started out with one mindset. And over time, I know that your mindset kind of got more pragmatic. Maybe, um, if you could talk about that and then Alisa, you know, maybe react to that with what, you know, what you would recommend, because again, it's, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon.
3: I would say that I'm, I would say that I learned pretty quickly, pretty early on that not hearing back from every single job that every single, you know, resume that I'm sending out, not getting a response, it really just isn't personal. And you can't, um, you can't get upset over, you have to just become kind of numb to rejection or, um, and just kind of see, go in with the perspective that it just wasn't meant to be. um, And There's just so many, so many things that could have happened. And I think it also kind of shaped how I was applying for jobs. Um, I would say, you know, even if it's a, there's a particular position at a particular company that you are just so, uh, you are so um, excited about and you really want, definitely spend more time on that application, you, you know, than in relation to other applications, to positions you don't, you're not super excited about. But don't put all of your eggs in one basket because for all you know, you know, you could spend an entire week trying to perfect, being obsessive about, you know, your cover letter or, your you know, what writing sample you're sending this company. But it could have been filled a month ago and they just forgot to take down the posting or it could just be like any number of crazy things. Um, so that definitely, I changed kind of my process of, you know, just dedicating time to not too much time to any one particular position because you just never know I would say even though I applied to you know triple digit jobs I would say I'm by far not the you know one of my friends that applied to the most jobs Um, I mean I have a good friend Duke grad um, that applied to I think he said like almost 400 jobs Um, and he did have you know a lot of it go through a lot of interview processes from those and got bites back but um that's a lot of applications to send out so um I think definitely burnout is an issue with um people that are having to you know have the uncertainty of when am I going to get a job when am I going to find that perfect fit for six months half of you half a year that's um that's a long time um with the added uncertainty of you know COVID and um, also your first job. It's just can be a lot, but I think just trying to have a positive perspective on it. uh, Don't just like desperately grab any first job, but try to come at it with the mindset of um, I'm trying to find a good fit for me
0: as well. Yeah. That would be my advice. I love that. I love the confidence and you were very upbeat throughout the whole process, which I just want to uh, give you a shout out because that's not easy. And yeah.
1: Yeah. Great, great tips. Elisa, what are your thoughts? I think that it's really important to, to remain positive as much as you can. And and we had talked on a previous episode about what you can do to also keep yourself from going insane around the job process. And that's, you know, finding potentially a mentor, volunteering your time. And when a candidate is onboarded and they've finished that process, that's when a lot of companies close the position. Um and unfortunately, it's not ideal. Um, from, from a candidate standpoint. But sometimes that's another reason why you're like, wow, I applied for that job six months ago. I'm, I've am i gotten something else. I've moved on. That's one of the reasons why you may not hear that you've gotten, you were, you were um, rejected that far along in the process is because sometimes that email doesn't go out until a job is closed. So I think that continuing to remain positive and finding other ways to to lift your spirits and your connections and um you know having that mindfulness is is really important and i think that that's that's advice anybody should take when they're when they're applying for jobs i think we've talked about community a lot you know d- engaging
2: with other people who are in the same situation, having the conversation with other people that are are in the same boat and can vouch that, yeah, it's hard out there. It's scary out there and you got to just keep pushing through. I know Kayla has landed
0: a job that she really, really loves. And I want to end on a positive note. Any last tips you have? I absolutely
3: do love um, the job that I ended up in. Um, and sometimes I think it is just meant to be uh, because You know, I interviewed with my current boss that morning and then I got the offer that same day, um, like a little bit after five. So it was just kind of meant to be. I was really grateful for that. And I'm yeah working in ethics and compliance now, um, learning about the compliance world and the legal field. um, Absolutely loving it,
1: loving my boss. What
3: about in your
1: current, like in your current role, which congratulations by the way, on this role, Sounds like it's um, you landed in a place that you really wanted to be, which is exciting. But in the current role, are there are there um, benchmarks that maybe you're working towards that you could give some tips on? Do you make sure that you have a regular check in with a mentor? Um, Anything you know you're doing in this current role? On on the
3: thread of checking in with a mentor, um, I'm lucky. I have a really great boss who uh, will check in with me. Even sometimes, um, I try to update her when necessary. Um, But I think something that uh, that's been, you know, a learning, you know, learning curve for me and that I would um, recommend to other people that have just started their first job is to only update or check in when necessary. So you don't start a precedent of needing to be super micromanaged all the time or, you know, having to update your superior, you know, every time something happens. Just knowing when to escalate things and when to keep information to yourself, I think is important. Um, so that's been something that I've been super cognizant of. If you have a question, don't panic. Don't immediately ask somebody. Try to figure it out on your own um, and, you know, take take your time to figure it out. Learn, uh, be kind to yourself um, and just also be grateful.
0: Thank you so much, Kayla. I'm really proud of you. I got to give you a shout out from from taking off my podcaster hat and putting on my mom hat. I, I'm really proud of what you've accomplished. And I really appreciate your sharing vulnerably what you went through and uh, what it's earned you because you're doing great now. The hard work pays off. We always want to hear that.
2: Thank you so much, Kayla. Congratulations to you. Thank you. And thank you as always, Alisa. Yes, thanks, Alisa. Thank
0: you.
2: Don't forget to like, comment, and to subscribe to the podcast.
0: We also want to give a big shout out and thanks to Sam McLean for providing sound production for the show. You can find Sam on Instagram at McLean Sounds, that's M-C-L-E-A-N-S-O-U-N-D-S, and to our voiceover artist, Veronica Horta, for her show introduction. You can find Veronica on LinkedIn by searching for Veronica
2: Horta, H-O-R-T-A. We'll meet you back here next time for another great conversation about high tech with cool women.